Hey, it's Debbie Parker. It's Wedding Wednesday in episode 18 of Smiling for Success, all about cheery thoughts, tips, and tactics to prosper and thrive in business and life balance in life. And today, I thought I would dive into my obsession with what I call treasure hunting. Now, by treasure hunting, I'd say, I mean, when I come across something unexpected, like a hidden gem, maybe a bargain, or maybe something unique or really feel special, I just call these unexpected finds or hidden gems. And the items said, you know, I, I'm talking about shopping here, but they give me joy and bring out that happy, excited feeling. And the actual finds can be all sorts of environments. Now, originally, my focus was yard sales. And what I loved about yard sales, oh, my God, <laughs> I still get charged up because you never know what you're going to find. To me, yard sales the ultimate treasure hunt. Sometimes you find almost new items and almost give away prices. Sometimes there's unusual things that have been in someone's family for generations, but now it's time to move them on. Some things I found I didn't even know existed. They're like, you know, maybe 100 years old. And, you know, it's not all about price, although the real bargain, of course, when you get a super bargain, it adds to excitement. But to me, it's more the joy of discovery, the joy of the hunt, and um, I get excited. So I remember my first score was when I was in grad school, and I did not have an extra cent to my name. I was just barely making it, and I needed, needed, well, I really wanted a comfy chair for my studying. So I went to a thrift shop, and I found one. It was actually my first time in a thrift shop. This was a nice chair. It was upholstered. It fit me just right. It had that homey and comforting look. And it was something I could afford. It was $10. Stretching, I could just barely afford that $10 back then. And a friend with a car helped me get back to my place. And, you know, when I sat in to study, to relax, to just take a break, it was like it became my friend. It was almost there for me. And... As a matter of fact, right now, I've got to say, I'm remembering it. Of course, I don't have it anymore. But I wish I had that cozy chair to burrow into right now with one of my favorite books. It was really special. So, do I have any idea what kind of brain chemistry is involved in all this? No. But I know that if I had the money to buy a new chair at that time, even the same type of chair, I'm sure it would have worked fine, served the same purpose, but it would not have that same emotional connection that my thrift store cozy find had for me. So that's kind of one of the overlays to me about the joy of hunting and making a score. It just puts it on that emotional connection level. I'm going to tell you another treasure hunting story. Uh, for several years, I was a vendor of vintage items at a very nice, very fun, kind of upscale flea market here in D.C. called the Georgetown Flea Market. And it started for me because I got very good at my treasure hunting and browsing from various sources. And I'd spot something, I liked it, it was unusual or just felt good. The price was right. And sure enough, you know, I, I, I also like to bargain and I'd have some fun bargaining and it'd be a win-win for both me and the vendor. I'd take it home. 
And I got a little too good at this because it started to accumulate in my house. And instead of being fun, it sort of got stressful for me because I'm not a collector. I'm certainly not a hoarder. I'm pretty much a minimalist. So there I was with a quandary because I wanted to keep hunting for those fun hidden gems but not have a home full of clutter. So what did I do? I became a flea market vendor, this kind of upscale vintage flea market. And it was a side hustle. I'd go occasionally, I'd sell what I bought, flip it, love it. I didn't make a whole lot of money. The spaces were fairly expensive. I didn't have a whole lot to sell. And to be honest, I was pretty flexible in pricing because I wanted to move things along, but I had so much fun. And I met all these wonderful people, some of whom recognized me, they come over and say hi. Um, and it was just fun to buy because I knew I could flip to the flea market. So that was story number two. Now that was several years ago, of course. Now I've moved on, no more reselling. But I still love treasure hunting and finding those gems, but I limit it to those things I can really use myself. So one of my favorite treasure hunting haunts to go to, occasionally I'll stop at yard sales, flea markets. When I drive by a thrift shop, I might take a peek. But I do more of it at these off-price stores. You know, sometimes they have this last chance markdown, and I found some really special things there. Also, used bookstores, especially a friend of the library bookstores. So I love to read. I used to feel if I picked up a book, I needed to finish it. But when I get something used, I'm paying $2 instead of $25, and so... After a few pages, if I think, eh, not for me, no guilt involved, close it, put it in the donate box, and I move on. And also, I do this when I travel. And there, it's kind of not so much to save a couple of bucks, it's more to find something unique. So a few years ago, I was cruising in the Caribbean, stopped at a port. I found one of these little leather stores. Everything was leather. They A lot of things were fairly high priced. They had fancy leather tooled items, or tooled leather, I guess you call it, items. So me, I go nosing in the hidden corner where they had these kind of very simple, primitive-looking leather strap bracelets. And I found one that just kind of called to me. It fit my wrist just right. It had a little buckle with a tongue. And I bought it. I wore it. I still wear it. It's my hidden treasure find. And every time I put it on, I think of my that little Caribbean cruise, which was so much fun. So that's kind of what I do with all of these. And one more bonus, you know, if you find a friend who's also a treasure hunter, you go off together, spend a few hours browsing, then stop at a little coffee shop for some refreshments and sit down and have your show and tell session where you pull out what you score, they pull out what they score, and just kind of celebration all the way around. So really fun stuff if this appeals to you. And I thought in closing, I'd just throw in a couple of treasure hunting tips, which have worked for me may work for you. Number one, be a Sherlock Holmes. 
Most important, you got to dig, peek around corners, maybe depending on what the environment, if it's a flea market or a yard sale, ask them if they have anything else. Sometimes you score fine that they didn't put out, but um, it's just a fun way to go. Number two, when you find something that's a hidden gem, don't, don't, Walk away from it. This is what I want to say. Don't just walk away because you don't need it. Spend some time thinking about it. Because sometimes, especially if it's not real expensive, sometimes these things grow on you. There was something that called to you in the first place. So I'm not saying buy everything that appeals to you or that you look at, but sometimes listen to that inner tuition. And then finally, what I say is follow your heart, buy what you love, buy what delights you, that triggers your passion, that triggers your appreciation, and enjoy it, and enjoy it for many years to come. So if you were a treasure hunter and you want to share anything with me, gosh, I'd love to hear from you. I love to share these stories. I love to hear these stories. So I hope to hear from you soon. My uh, contact is in the show notes, and I will talk to you next Wednesday. Have a great week. Bye.